Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. And also things that people who don't identify as gay like. And I'm not saying all gay people like all these things because we all have our own interests. Hello and welcome to Things Gay People Like. My name is Kevin and this is my pop culture podcast that celebrates whatever you like, whoever you are. Thinking about a new tagline, but I haven't come up with one yet, so let's go with that for now. If you're a returning listener who's heard the podcast before, uh, welcome back. Thank you for listening again. If you're a new listener, hello and thank you for listening as well. It's been four months since we last had an episode, so it felt like the right time to come back. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, please share it or tell a friend who you think might like it. Or you could leave us an Apple Podcasts review or something like that. That would be great. You can follow us at Gay People Pod on Twitter and Instagram as well. Speaking of Twitter, we usually do the results of the previous episode's poll at the top of an episode. So let's uh, go back to May and check out what we were talking about then. Yeah, so based on the Eurovision episode, we had um, a poll to ask which was the bigger, better banger between Adrenalina from San Marino and El Diablo from Cyprus. That was a long time ago now. And uh, anyway, the winner with 59.1% of the vote was El Diablo, which still slaps. So that was a good result. There'll be a Twitter poll for this episode as well. So keep an ear out for the details on that. As always, my mom will be here at the end of the episode to let us know what she thinks about this episode's topic, which is Girls Aloud. Um, normally in the intro, I would tell you where to skip to, to just go straight to the Girls Aloud stuff. But to be honest, we kind of talk about them all the way through. So it's good to be back. Um, Without further ado, let's meet my guest for this episode, who will be familiar to regular listeners. He's our first returning guest, and let's bring him on. It's time for my guest. Who is it this week? Time for my guest. What is the name? Time for my guest. It's time to find out. Right now. Cliff, welcome back to the show. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm delighted to be talking to you again. It's been like ages, hasn't it? It has been ages. We did. So if anybody didn't hear the MKS episode, which actually I can reveal that it is in the top two most listened to oh. episodes. So it's it's number two. But, uh, but what's the other one? It's the Spice Girls. So they're like maybe seven plays behind the Spice Girls. So that's that's pretty good going. But yeah, so as as people may know, we talked about the fact that um, so we talked about MKS. But I knew when I asked you to do MKS that really you kind of probably as much as you love them. And I know you do. But like Girls Aloud are kind of your number ones right yeah like to paraphrase nadine coyle on off the record i didn't even <laughs> want to do this podcast but <laughs> i was like right you do this and then we'll do girls aloud so yeah i'm delighted to have you back on how have things been for you uh since last time last time it was the depths of january it was like proper proper lockdown but things have kind of i suppose for everybody been looking up but y- y- things have been kind of good for you in terms of your club night and stuff yeah, yeah. So we opened back up. We had our first night uh, in August. We hosted Tom Aspel on his Revenge Body Tour. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. How was that? Incredible. He is such an angel. He's so, so nice. And it was just the most fun experience. People were losing their minds. And it was phenomenal. He wore a kilt for us. All the pictures are kind of on our social medias if you want to have a look. What was the first song you played? Or like, what was like... The last song, uh, or like, what were the key songs that you played over the course of the night? We started back with The Slightest Touch by Steps. Amazing. And then we ended on Michelle McManus. So there you are. Oh, okay, okay. Is that a regular feature? 
We do like to fit in somewhere because lover. <laughs> and so you mentioned about um, your socials and stuff. Like, what is what is the name of your club night again? So the club night is called Obsession Glasgow. Well, it's called yeah. Obsession, but our social media is, is just Obsession Glasgow on Insta. Amazing. Uh, we actually we actually have announced our latest date, which is on October 23rd. We just announced it on Wednesday there. We're just basically calling it a future disco pleasure because it's like based on like the three albums. The three big, yeah, 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 excellent. Future Nostalgia, Disco by Kylie and What's Your Pleasure by Jesses. Yeah. Uh, which is really exciting. We actually also got a little share on the social medias from Jesse, which oh, was incredible. like screaming like oh yeah. my god as we talked about on your on the mks episode though i listened to it back today the bit where you were we were kind of saying oh they had something planned for the 20th anniversary and i was like what do you think that would have been and you were like um i think it would have been like a reissue of one touch on vinyl and i was like oh cool yeah and as it turns out of course you are correct i, I think i messaged you as soon as it like dr- like we found out and we were like have yeah. you seen that event live it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all these bundles of like vinyl and i don't have anything to play vinyl on all oh, right just, okay and do you see like on they've posted the picture of them all like signing just today yeah it's an amazing picture like it's, it's the first picture of the three of them that i think there has been yeah. since maybe graham norton or something like that they look incredible don't they, they look amazing they all look amazing and like you would have to assume now this is you know people some people who know us will be rolling their eyes but you have to assume yeah. there's some kind of live dates coming uh, alongside or in conjunction with the album release at least announced around then like surely that's surely that's what happened no maybe i think i think they'd be nuts not to like yeah i think now, I know there'll be like a backlog of concerts, so it must be really difficult to get any new ones slotted in. But they're not, they're not like basically trying to book out arenas or anything like that. Yeah. There's always there's always like a like a smaller academy size venue that is available so they just need to make it work and we we said as well in the in the mks episode we wanted to experience them on the main stage at mighty hoopla that didn't happen this year but you were in attendance yes i was there how was it for you well it was incredible it was just so much fun being back in like a kind of festival vibe the highlight was alexandra bark she yeah she literally taught us what the elephant in the room meant. Like, <laughs> we've never heard that expression in the UK. But she literally just brought so many bangers. Like, basically all her songs. She's a star. I love her so much. Uh, and also, shout out to uh, the Irish contingent. I'd seen that Leo Varadkar was... Oh, my God. Yeah, that seemed to be, like, quite a big thing. That... Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you pronounced it correctly. Yeah, that that really kicked off here. Um, that was a proper little political scandal with him sitting there um, picking his nose or whatever he was doing yeah I don't really I don't really know what to think on the one hand I'm just like I'll just let him like enjoy himself but like there's there's way more to it than that like it's such a loaded thing and it was actually the weekend where our biggest one of our biggest festivals wasn't allowed to go ahead and the optics of it just were like not good but look if he wants to queen out to Cheryl and Nicola Roberts. Oh my God. So was it a complete surprise to you? If anybody doesn't know, Cheryl was performing and out came Nicola. Did you, you didn't expect it? I had no idea. I don't think anyone expected it. Uh, None of my friends had any idea she was going to appear. The crowd reception for her, like, see when you actually kind of try and find some videos of her on like social media, you can't hear a word she's 
like singing. Yeah, I noticed people. that. I know. I was, I was like, I want to hear what she's actually singing. Yeah, I totally blacked out, and I don't like it was. Be- I don't know if it was maybe because of the amount of wine I drank that day, yeah, or it was the, the, the excitement or both. But it was like, oh my god! Do you know what? Cheryl isn't my favorite member of Girls Aloud, and I was pleasantly surprised by her set. She's okay. got some bangers. So, at this point, we would normally get into the news section and play my stupid jingle but it kind of wouldn't be appropriate uh, at the moment obviously the news that kind of came in the wake of mighty hoopla about sarah was pretty devastating um and it's only like less than two weeks ago now um how have you kind of been processing all that i've been really devastated for it i know you kind of like don't want to make it about yourself but it's just been so sad it's such a sad like situation and it's just so i feel so bad about the whole thing it's really it's weird and you kind of like want to listen to music but and Mm. hear because her stamp is over like every single song and it's so emotional so then you're like kind of backing away and i don't think like she would have wanted people to be sad because like i don't know if you've read you read her book that she released last year i haven't read it no it's actually such a really i I love a good celebrity autobiography it is written so well it's throughout it all she doesn't she doesn't dwell on it she always found the positives in it all she had such a presence. Like, I've been looking at, you know, some of the live performances, particularly um, in the run-up to this. I suppose I never really stopped to notice before, but when you look now, if if you could point at any of those girls who was having the absolute time of their life on stage, it was, m- more often than not, it was Sarah, right? It was, like, literally hardcore harding when <laughs> she was. Like she came alive on the tours. She had she always had a bit where she was talking about the rock chicks in the house and stuff. And yeah. she was just amazing. Like she was one of a kind. She was a maverick and a true rock star. And yeah. she should be remembered for that. Absolutely. Hope, absolutely. I hope we do her some justice today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had talked about doing a Girls Aloud episode for quite a while. And um, we kind of, in the wake of the news, we were like, oh, should we still do it? And obviously we decided just that we wanted to take the opportunity to kind of pay tribute to her, to celebrate her and the group that she absolutely clearly loved being a part of and was an integral part of. So we send our condolences to, you know, her family, friends, everybody who loved her. And I'm sure that includes many of the people listening right now. So we're kind of we're kind of all in this state of kind of dealing with this terrible loss. Um, with that being said, let's get into some lighter news and play the stupid jingle. TGPL News. Cliff, is there anything going on news-wise over the past however long that you wish to discuss? The one thing I think we need to talk about is uh, Drag Race UK coming back. Yes, because last time you were on, they had just announced the Queens for season two, right? And you were excited about Lawrence yeah. Cheney and that went pretty well. Yeah, I really need to start putting on the lottery, shouldn't I? Because <laughs> yeah. like... Literally like Mystic Meg. How do, what do you think about the season three lineup? It's interesting. It seems to be a very London based, and they've kind of they've kind of basically said the queens are from like their hometowns, but they clearly never performed there, and they all perform yeah. in London. I'm kind of like I'm really looking forward to it. It's like I'm glad that we've got something good on TV. The guest judges and stuff are all amazing. Uh, so far so excited to see Kathy Bark a legend and also Nadine on Snatch Game which oh is she doing Snatch Game I didn't realise that and we've got Steps in as well doing some sort of like workshop thing I'm looking forward definitely looking forward to that now as, as everybody knows there's a lot of drag race happening 
people tend to moan about it and I just kind of think well don't you don't need to watch Holland you don't need to watch Spain even though Spain is great you can just watch whatever you want and Canada's is coming back soon and it's just, basically there's just never gonna not be drag race on and people just need to get over it totally it's here and it's like not waning in any way and as as we saw with UK season two it was like up there with like all-stars season two yeah as like the best one so like it's clearly down to the producers of the territories and it's amazing my story was and you may not care about this the absolute slating that dear evan hansen the film has got in all the reviews how aware of this are you i'm actually very aware of it i'm really invested in this because i love julianne Moore. i'm obsessed with her right seeing this is like i always thought that darren chris was the male leah michelle but I've <laughs> right. it's actually Ben Platt. What age? He's like 27. He's tw- yeah, 27, 28, I think. I'm playing a 17-year-old, whatever, yeah. Treading the boards clearly visibly ages you. And the, the quotes have just been so brutal. Like, the worst musical ever, basically. Um, I don't know. Knowing the music, I, I love the music. Now, I don't know if you've ever... Have you ever listened to any of it? I was basically... I don't know really anything about the show. Yeah. Uh, I was going in cold with the to see the movie. Fine, okay. I won't I won't spoil anything, but I did see a tweet recently saying, I just assumed this was about some gay kid. This is what it's about, and I won't tell you what the story is about, but it's about more and he's not gay. But um the music, I think, is fantastic. Now it's very earnest, it's very hand wringing, emotive music, which I think when somebody is performing that in front of you on a stage, you can kind of go with it and you can be like wow they sang really well right in front of my face that's good whereas i think there's a cynicism when it comes to a film you're like i'm not impressed by this like they're not doing it in front of me so therefore i'm going to be a, bit, a little bit more you know critical of it and um people have just absolutely tore strips off it but I, you're gonna go see it right because you stand julianne yeah i will see it just for julianne okay uh, she's the best okay so before we get into the deep dive it's time for a brand new feature um, which I have a jingle for. So I'll just play that jingle now. Who, 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 who have you met that's famous? Cliff, can you give me an anecdote about someone you've met who's famous, who can be in the topic we're talking about, but doesn't have to be? Well, I feel like you're just kind of like gaslighting me into accidentally dropping some sort of name Ooh, here. Uh, do it. Since we're on the subject of Girls Aloud, I have met like some of them a couple of times. I've met Nicola twice, uh, which was exciting because she's my fave. So we we actually we got my friend won a competition to go to the Cinderella's Eyes listening party, oh. which was in London. But we didn't actually say Nicola was going to be there. It was all a surprise, but it was like oh. we kind of guessed. So we got to hear the album and then she came out at the end and we all got to chat to her and it was like really, she was just so nice. So it was really lovely. And then a few weeks ago, about last month, she was at a party we were at. So chatting away to her again. So she's just, she's just so lovely. She's just so, she's, she is so like quiet and reserved, but really, really lovely. She's just, she's this ethereal energy that she just kind of radiates. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what I would expect her to be like. It's nice when you hear back that somebody is the way that you would imagine them to be. Um, it's one thing to meet somebody at like a fan listening party and then fast forward a few years. Yeah, we were at a party together. We we're just chatting like that's that's the way you'd want to meet anybody that you're, re- you're really interested in, right? She like we have like a friends in common and she took a selfie and sent it to him. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on Nicola Roberts camera roll. Like, <laughs> is, but that's one. The other one is I have met Nadine Coyle from Lark Hill and Derry. Data Bar. 
the 15th to the 6th, 85, making her a Gemini. Yeah. So we, she was doing a PA in Glasgow's Premier Night Spot, the Polo Lounge. Okay. We had got there like so early because we're like, oh my God, the queue is going to be like round the block. It's going to be like Studio 54. Like everyone's, this is going to be the hottest ticket in town. We literally turned up and just walked in. There was not a soul about. It uh, was the best kept secret in town. It was the best kept secret. They don't have really a setup for like, any sort of like personal appearance it's just kind of like a box that they like wheel out so she's kind of standing on a box her head's bloody banging off the the ceiling and it was amazing she did the most amazing set it was like all killer was this like insatiable time or was it like go to work time it was a couple of years ago, so it was it was after Go to Work had been released. So I think it was about two two years ago. She did like all these like girls allowed deep cuts. We're like, oh my god, she had like blackjacks and like rolling wow. back. Uh, she was phenomenal. Like it was just people were losing their minds. So afterwards, we kind of knew we are she would be like hanging about in the club, which is like up and amazing things. So we were just like like milling about waiting on her eventually there was movement and then like security were like trying to like push us out of the way because of the notoriously quite rude in polo lounge so okay like, good to know i'm not even going to do the nadine accent because who can nobody <laughs> well, let them take a photo uh, okay. so, she, so she just like she just like with this like hand she just like pushed them brushed them to the side like go away uh, and then there was like quite a few fans there and she was just like standing and chatting to everybody and she was so so lovely like she took time and was like just talking about lots of photos with her and she it was like like 3 4 a.m and she had like flight at like something ridiculous like 6 a.m she had to go just straight to the airport for like okay. another gig like she literally is going to work we adore her uh, and she was radiant in real life i also my one is also a member of girls aloud i was i found myself in the reception area of a television network uh many years ago it was the week the promise was released and oh. i was there for a job interview and they came in so they were obviously doing a tv uh, uh appearance and so three of them came in not cheryl or nadine they weren't there yet and i went up to my favorite member at the time <laughs> Was it Kimberly? I can't disclose. I can't disclose. And so <laughs> I tapped her on the shoulder and said her name. And she turned around and I said, <laughs> I said, I just want to say, you know, I'm so excited for the new album. I can't wait. And she went, oh, we had such a good time recording it. And then she kind of turned back around. Or It was just like, that's that's all you're getting, mister. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. It's like, and look, to be honest, she was she was in work mode. She didn't need some queen coming over. And going, Kimber, I mean, going, whatever your name is, <laughs> <laughs> tapping her on the shoulder. So we've already kind of been wading in the waters of Girls Aloud for this whole conversation. But without further ado, let's get into the deep dive. You know, it's time to deep dive, deep dive. Everybody want a deep dive, deep, deep dive. Cliff, Girls Aloud. Um, first of all, what a great name for a group. It's wild, isn't it? We kind of mentioned earlier, but like, are they your favorite? We all love a girl group. Are they your number one girl group? Yes. Not even just girl group, just band of all time. They are. Okay. I, I just love them so much. Were you on board from the beginning or at what stage did you 
hop on board? Literally from Popstar's arrivals. I was literally voting for Nicola. I've always voted for Nicola. I voted for her in the final. I just love her. Oh, that's so, uh, that's so sweet, like, that you were there from literally the beginning for her particularly. And it was, it's been amazing to see her, like, like how she's grown throughout the years. And it's just been so good. And I just love them. I think they are... They, I just I just loved it. Like, this unmatched back catalogue, it changed pop forever. They were totally punk in their day. I know that sounds really arsy, but like they were they just they were just mouthy and had no media training and just or that did have media training and just didn't listen to it. Discarded it. But it was all about DIY in the beginning and I just kinda loved that about them. That was the appeal was like it was a bit kinda unpolished and Sarah and Nadine endearingly could never dance and yeah, yeah, Slight, slightly ropey, but as you say, in a very endearing way at the beginning. And I also think as well, and I don't know if you're the same, I think because they were kind of around about our age group as well, like you kind of gravitate towards people who are your age. So the yeah. fact that they're kind of growing up at the same time as you and, and they're there when you're out going out clubbing and stuff and all your formative years... They also were kind of a beacon of hope in on like the pop landscape. At that time it was like all the kind of indie stuff and it was really grim boys, skinny boys mm. with curly hair singing rubbish songs and they were just the antithesis of that. Usually I ask what like the appeal is of the topic to like the LGBTQ community. For Girls Aloud, I feel like there was a real this episode could be called like things gay people who were on popjustice.com in the early 2000s like, right? There was a real sense that, at least from my perspective, this was a group that kind of you were really, really getting behind supporting because it seemed at times that they were on a knife edge of whether to continue or not. I always just kind of intrinsically link Girls Aloud with Pop Justice because they were yeah. such like a supporter of the band and like that was basically who broke most of the news. It was a really exciting time in music because of that. They were like the underdogs, which mm. you kind of gravitate towards in our community as well. So like they were never meant to last yeah, they were kind of just like thrown out. They they weren't even meant to win pop stars. That wasn't. It was never like lined up that they were going to win. It was. It was never engineered that way. So, sound of the underground, where it's just where obviously where it all started. And I remember, as you say, there was this real pessimism around pop stars, the rivals of oh well, obviously the boy band is going to win. Like there's just no point in in hoping. Like it's just inevitable. The boy band will win. So it, it so it came out and was obviously number one. You having supported them on the show. How did you react when you do you even remember? like what you thought of it when you first heard it was it like is this really happening when they performed it on the show when they had the announcement which was unbelievable i think at the time everyone was like aghast that javine never got into the final yeah. band if, if javine had been in the band who knows what would have happened i think when the boys must have heard that song they must have like been just like <laughs> fuck this they had a couple of other like songs as well i think we're kind of doing the rounds that was going to be potential songs for like the winner oh. single. You know that like the B side, or sorry, the double A side that everyone forgets of Sound of the Underground is a cover of Stay Another Day. Oh my God, that? I totally forgot that. Yeah. And do you know who's, who does backing vocals on it? Oh, I do know up? this. I do know this. Esther Bennett, the one and only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe? <laughs> when you think about jerry's involvement is it weird like that jerry was had such a well it seemed a hand in their creation and then kind of never really was involved with them ever again who is jerry horner she's a, <laughs> an odd person especially if she gets older i will say though she was the one who fought for nicola to get into the band because 
Nicola and Kimberly weren't originally in the final. Oh, end. that's right. Yes, yes, yes. They were like brought in again. Yeah. Regardless of how I feel about her and potentially her political leanings, I have to give her she gave us Nicola Roberts. Yeah. So as you look back on the first album, the first album was a bit of a hodgepodge, you might say. Obviously, you had a couple of Xenomania tracks. Um, Sound of the Underground, no good advice. Was there any other ones on there? Uh, Life But Cold was also Xenomania. Ah, okay, okay. So the first three singles. Yeah. Uh, what do, do you do? You consider that album to be like way beneath the rest of it, or do you like bits of it, or what's the story? It's a mixed bag, considering other talent show bands and acts that come out, which are on the whole pretty rubbish. Hmm. Uh, it was. There's, there's a lot of good stuff on there because it's like they worked with a few different producers. They worked with like the Beatmasters, so like Betty Boo wrote a couple of the songs as well and it's a good album it's it's, it's obviously their weakest but for a, a first album especially coming from a talent show background it's it's pretty solid i'm not a fan of brian mcfadden in any way but i do like that song he wrote girls aloud is that do you what do you think of that i actually love it as well i think yeah, it's, it's good a, right it's basic but it's a basic ball. The other thing I would say is there's a song I love, like a uh, drippy ballad, which Girls Aloud never did that many of, but they no. often tried. Like there, there was a few attempts, but I like, I really like Forever and a Night. Like, I mean, it's not good <laughs> particularly, but I like it. The, the first album cover, which is um, like actually proper iconic. That is an amazing cover. Yeah, and the I pink and green against the black, right? And Tara in the middle and they've got like the mic stands. They look amazing. The, the second cover is really generic. Like it, it, it tells you nothing about the band. Was that, do you look at that and think, okay, that was already, they're like, oh, that first thing we did, that didn't work. So now we have to position them as relatable, you know, girls next yeah. door. Yeah, or uh-huh, like, oh, Tesco mums will go and buy it now because <laughs> these are nice girls. And to your knowledge, like, did that al- did that reissue kind of improve their the album's performance? I assume it did, but was that like, oh, wow, actually this has done really well? It did all right. I think putting Jump on it was a canny move. Do you have any other thoughts on that debut album? Like, how do you think of No Good Advice? Is that up there for you in singles? Yes, I love No Good Advice. Okay. It is, what a great song to, like, come back with. Because I feel like there was quite a long time between Sound of the Underground and No Good Advice. It was, like, sounded like nothing else at the time. The spoken word outro is just... It's, it's, it's mental, and I just love it. That was kind of, like, as much as Sound of the Underground was very different sounding to what was out there, I think, like, No Good Advice represented the first taste of the kind of quirkiness that would uh, permeate the rest of their singles like the the weird lyrics and the unusual phrasing and the just oddness which i think is something that when i listen back to girls aloud now it's so missing from pop i mean i'm sure it's out there but from mainstream pop people just aren't the 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 creativity in the songwriting just isn't really there these days would you agree yeah i would agree they're not taking risks it's all about the kind of like to be cynical like a spotify algorithm so it really is it's like the the goal is not to stand out enough that someone's going to skip it on a playlist whereas if there's anything you can say about girls aloud and their singles particularly they stood out like they weren't blended into the background apart from a couple um see the day or whatever but like they were like slapping you in the face with what, what what they were offering like there was no like blending into the background so let's move on i would say 
<laughs> the first single from the second album kind of sums that up quite well or represents that. Um, so the show came along, uh, followed by What Will the Neighbours Say? And this was this was the first album that was completely done by Xenomania, is that right? Yes, again, they potentially were getting dropped and part of the bargain was that they worked solely with Xenomania on this. That era just really ramped them up even more so. Like Everything about it was flawless the artwork is incredible from like every part of the artwork of the what will the neighbors say era yeah they had the magazine covers at this stage didn't they covers all like the the sunglasses and stuff and the the shoes i remember that that was so good it was everything is so cool and the show they were all on like director's chairs the show Uh, the video for the show was a bit shit though no it's, it's proper shit. And, and do you know what? Girls <laughs> never had a good video. It was always a bit budget. And again, that adds to the appeal as well. Yeah. We had a hen party anthem as the oh. second single. <laughs> how oh, do you yeah. feel about how do you feel about the I Love Machine? That is the perfect description. And you know, I, I don't actively seek out Love Machine to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is definitely locals' fave. If you had asked someone on the street, what's your favourite Girls Loud song? It would yeah. be Love Machine. Uh, and fair yeah. enough and it's funny because it is like again a crazy song and it just it doesn't follow any rules and it's crazy lyrics and nothing makes any sense but at the same time it is still about I don't know if it's maybe just the, the beat to it or that it just makes it very appeal to yeah. people in parties yeah uh, I, my my abiding memory of this and it's something that I haven't been comfortable to speak out up to now but around the time, so a cousin of mine was having um, a 21st birthday party and I had far too much to drink and there was a band playing um, and my other cousin was in the band. Anyway, they're like an indie rocker, you know, all that stuff. And I, this is around the time that somebody had done a cover of Love Machine, right? Who was it who did it? It was Arctic Monkeys. And so the opening strains of Love Machine came on and I took it upon myself in that moment to do the full routine right in front of this day, in front of my whole family, many of whom I had never spoken to about being gay or anything. And I just, and you know, the routine is like arms in the air, like one after the other. It's an iconic routine. So yeah. <laughs> and I have never felt what I felt the next morning in terms of the fear, as we call it. Now I look back at that and I go, good on you. Like, you know, but I was so embarrassed about myself and my actions that night. How did it feel whenever there'd be like a bank holiday and the home base advert would come on? <laughs> so what are your other highlights from this album slash era? It's actually a very good album. They released I'll Stand By You, which again was another charity single, which hmm. I, in that kind of way, I understand in, in many ways we had to have covers by Girls Aloud because they, they did actually sell quite a lot and it helped yeah. probably other stuff it's kind of like yeah here have this so we can do all this other really interesting stuff you know like me being forced to do the sugar babes (laughs) Uh, exactly wake me up is obviously amazing and that was i think apparently sarah's favorite track yeah Uh, i heard that the other day yeah you can you can understand why you can imagine but have you you ever seen the top of the pops performance of that not recently What, what what's is it they got like harley davidson's on the stage, like five Harley Davidsons, and it's like packed, and like they're on it with these like wind machines, and it's like oh it's my amazing. God, amazing. Got, like, massive, like cramped hair, and it's very at that era they epitomized uh, jeans and a nice top. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 
You Wake Me Up performance on top of the pops is very good. But there's a couple of other good songs on that album, actually. Uh, Graffiti My Soul, which is, again, bonkers song. Yeah. Uh, but the, the amazing rap in that is... The stuttering. It's so good. And it's a, it's a total fan favourite. They've, they've done it on tour since. Yeah, and Nadine has done it, hasn't she? In her little yeah. gay gay pride um, PAs circuit. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, but Cheryl didn't touch Girls Aloud stuff at Hoopla, right? Whereas Nadine is like, I'll give the gays everything they want, right? That's her whole approach. It was a complete opposite. I was so surprised that Cheryl didn't really do any. But like, I think the issue is that obviously, as the Xenomania process worked, Nadine actually sang all the songs first and demoed them. So yeah. Nadine can't sing them all, whereas maybe other members can't. So it's a bit easier for her to do. And she, and again, she also understands what the fans want. Like, it was really funny at that PA. She's like, I'll get all the solo stuff out of the way so you can hear all the stuff that you want. And I'm like, but we want to hear Go To Work as well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think looking back at her... Now, this is me with the, with the benefit of distance. I haven't listened to them and I feel you know, guilty for saying it. I, I kind of drifted away from them in recent years, I would say, like not listen to them as much as maybe I would have before. And when I've been looking at it recently and looking at their performances and listening, it's almost comical how good Nadine is as a vocalist. Like it is ridiculous. It's insane, isn't it? Like she's like a force of nature when she sings. Like it's like she's possessed. She's got these crazy like expressions on her face and just uh, the intonations or like of how she sings. It's not yeah. even like what it's on record. You're like, what is going on with that girl? But it just works so well. But we also must say, and obviously you've talked about how much you like Nicola. Nicola has an amazing voice as well. Like it's not all about Nadine when it comes to the vocal chops. Nicola was the understated, mm. underrated one who actually arguably always got the best parts of the songs. I don't know if it's just because I have I favour her. Well, Xenomania just knew what bits would work for each of the girls. I actually like, and I, again, this is going back to what we were talking about earlier, but I really like Kimberly's tone, um, personally, myself. I do. I think it's very warm and nice. And then Cheryl's voice, um, well... It's unmistakable. She, and again, I think Xenomania used her voice well. Like, she sounds decent on the songs. It's just maybe her tone isn't what I would choose to listen to. I think that actually, that's so true. And I think that that is where the, the difference lies between solo Cheryl and Girls Aloud Cheryl is they would of, often blend Nadine and Cheryl's vocals together. So, mm. you, you know, there was like often like pairings where they would kind of like, it was almost like vocal sparring and you'd often get Cheryl and Nadine because... Funnily enough, they actually have quite similar tone voices, which is weird because... It's weird to say, but it's true. It's totally true. They work so well together. Sarah, I was somebody who only this week when I was reading, um, you know, interviews with the Xenomania people and they kind of positioned her in the context of being like a, an 80s um, Debbie Harry type. And that made so much sense to me. I was like, oh, I totally hear that in her voice. They, they were all, all, look, they all, they all made it into the group on the back of their singing. So they, they could all sing. Um, yeah. So next was Chemistry. I think of this, now tell me if I'm wrong, I kind of think of this as like their weirdest album. Would you agree with that? It's such a strange album. Uh, so it's all over the place. The single run is, is a major choice, like what they actually chose sometimes as singles. It also was that time where you felt like they were proper ramping up. They, they kind of changed their style a bit. They got a bit more kind of sophisticated, well, more like new look sophisticated, rather like, like the office wear and new look rather than... Like maybe the party wear. When you listen to some of the songs on it, like Swinging London Town, which is basically a monologue. <laughs> like, yeah. I 
think of any band who has released a song like that, never yeah. mind girl band. Going by the singles, it's it's a funny one because we've bizarrely got Long Hot Summer released first, which is almost divorced from the rest of the album. We didn't really count it as the first. Yeah, yeah. So that was like yeah. from like a Herbie, Herbie Fully Loaded, wasn't it? Lindsay Lohan iconic film Herbie Fully <laughs> Loaded. And I remember, it, so it came out a good bit before the album, and I remember people being horrified by this. Do you know what? I don't know if it's maybe kind of like in, on hindsight, but I actually quite like it. It's it's not like top tier girls out, but it's fun and like there's some good lyrics in it. I'm the same. I actually quite like it now. I'm like, what was the what was the problem with this? But obviously, yeah. Apparently, Brian Higgins referred to it. Uh, Brian Higgins from Xenomania referred to it as a disaster of a record, which is kind of crazy. Also, Biology is kind of like um, one of the, the the centerpieces or one of the high points of their career, according to well, particularly like the real music people. Like real music people love Biology. Again, like nothing that has ever been recorded before or since it's a cliche to say but it is essentially three songs in one i i love it i love the dance routine i love everything about it i also have to say i like a whole lot of history again i like a ballad um do you are you do you care for it i love it it's it's their best ballad i think it's beautiful i think i would agree with that yeah nicola's part in it is just so lovely is she hello did you call me yeah oh my god so good. Then we had the, the crazy ones like Wild Horses, Watch Me Go and Waiting, which I think are ones that don't really come to mind for me very often. But when I listen to them, I think they're brilliant. See the Day is a bit of a... Wah, wah. It's awful. Davy Davey got in touch on Instagram and said he always skips See the Day. Um, then they did the Christmas tree thing. I've never listened to it. Is it worth a listen? Well, it's, it's great. It is a proper staple for me, like to play at Christmas time. There's some like really good new songs on it, like the the original songs, like Not Tonight Santa, which is really fun. As a little bonus, it's amazing. It's it's really good. The other song I need to mention about this album as well is it's magic. Yes. Well, we heard from Joth who said Nicholas, it's magic from Chemistry is criminally underrated. So you've got a lot oh. in common yourself and Joth. Yes, my, my DJ partner, you mean? Yeah. yeah, you're well matched. I love intro. I was saying to this to you the other day, I love intro as a track, like I don't, whatever, but I just think it, it's just like, it's just it's just odd. It's a great way to kick off a strange album with this odd sounding song. And it's such a good song. Like, yeah. <laughs> going straight into models, it's just perfect. Around this time was the television event known as off the record now my only abiding memory of this show is the scene with cheryl and nadine can you can you describe that scene to me if people don't know just just to set the scene at this point in time girls out had new management dame hillary shaw they decided that it was more they could see that they were going to make them more of tv personalities so they, they did this candid docuseries about them following them releasing a whole lot of history which is a weird song to to follow them re- releasing leading up to there's a couple of press trips like abroad to try and get the australian market and then like leading up to essentially the chemistry tour the, the pinnacle is the Australian episode where they get sent down under. It's just incredible to watch. It is all on YouTube. So 
I actually recorded it if you want me to play it. As a, <laughs> yeah, go okay? on, yeah, totally. So to set the scene, they've got an Australian stylist rather than like taking their own. Uh, Cheryl has got like a TV interview. And then Nadine's got a radio interview and they told Cheryl just to wear her own clothes. So then she's like fit over, I'm dressed like a tramp. And you should see her, she's like so stunning. And she's like moaning about the state that she's in. Meanwhile, Nadine is just like, like flicking her tresses in the in the left, completely oblivious to everything that, that she was moaning about. And then, she, then they come downstairs. There's like a waiting journalist. <laughs> like Cheryl is literally incandescent with rage by this point. And Nadine just like turns on the charm offensive to this like gay. I, I have a recording of it that I don't know if it will play. I'll just hold we- it up to the, yeah, it'd be grand. She's such a troll, isn't she? And like, um, (sighs) yeah, it's one of it's honestly the greatest show. There's so many like highlights of it. Like they go, they they go to Greece for one one episode, and again, it's just Cheryl moaning. Uh, she goes in these like wedges up like the tallest pinnacle of some place that they are in Greece and she just is literally moaning like the entire time um, you've given me some context to a question that we got from Adair who says have you ever been to the peak of Greek to test Cheryl's theory that it's not worth the climb I was like I don't get that but now I get it but talking about you know, Nadine and Cheryl, they obviously had, uh, we don't know, we're not privy to the details of the interpersonal relationships, but they, they had a relationship at one point, obviously, right? And it obviously soured along the way. It was funny, during Pop Stars, Kimberly and Nadine were best friends. So okay. that was, I think they lived together at the beginning. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot said about the kind of the, the trinity that is... Cheryl, Nicola and Kimberly being best friends, which is actually amazing as like what colleagues they are genuinely best friends. Mm-hmm. There's obviously two sides to it and obviously like what and it did split quite a bit, especially towards like in most recent years, but mm. it's really sad that the circumstances which has brought them back together was Sarah's diagnosis, which is it's lovely that they, they have made amends, so that's really nice to know as a fan that Definitely. The the headline that just screams out to me whenever I think of Cheryl and Nadine's relationship is she's full of shit from Cheryl <laughs> in attitude or whatever it was talking about the split. We'll, we'll get to that when it comes about the, the Nadine's. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So 
next up was the Irish flag, the wrong way around, greatest hits, spectacular, the sound of girls aloud. Graphic design is my passion. Very uh, much so. Crazy, crazy, crazy cover. But this was basically after chemistry kind of underperformed a bit, it charted at 11. So think really precarious by this point. So it was like, we're just going to potentially put a greatest hits and that will be it. But something crazy happened and it just sold so much. Like it sold 1.2 million in the UK, which is mad. It was really such a high seller. Whoa. So what would you put that down to? Was it like something kind of ooh propelling that? Or was it just the collection of songs that people realized that they actually really liked? I think it was maybe a combination of both for fans. Something kind of ooh is such a good song. And a lot of people love it as well. It's like a proper party song. So people also at that point probably did love the greatest hits. I know they've fallen out of favor in recent times, but at that time, probably it was a thing that sold a lot was the greatest hits. And I think it just did take them by surprise. Yeah, I, I can imagine people who are like casually liked their stuff, yeah. but not enough to buy an album will be like, yeah. oh, I'll pick that up in the supermarket queue or whatever. Um, so what came next in their story? So we have next what some would argue, and I go back and forth about this, that is possibly their best album. Yeah. It really did cement them as the greatest girl band of their time and it is tangled up yeah this is my favorite album of theirs i think it's absolutely incredible fully on board with that it kind of also it was like that kind of magic point it coincided with cheryl on x factor where she was the nation's sweetheart she slightly changed from her time and uh, we've seen her in off the record it, it coincided with that where she was like literally the, the most famous woman in britain so conversely we also had the, one of the wildest songs to release it like the the, the launch song <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that was that was a, a risky choice right can you like sex we're talking about sexy no 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 yeah. which i i it actually defies belief that that was released and they thought we're gonna go with that it makes no sense but it's just perfection yeah yeah i love it it's crazy that even at that point when they were coming off this huge greatest hits they had really high profile everyone was here for them and then they just were like here's a curveball like here's like a weird the weirdest thing you've ever heard we're back like and it's like yeah mental and it like samples some like weird rock song and you're like this is crazy i I think it's aged really well as well Def- again, definitely because it doesn't sound like anything else. And and that performance, they, they opened up the Tangled Up tour with that. One of the most iconic moments of Girls Aloud was when they were kind of like floating above the audience and they're all kind of like billowy. I was, I was thinking back, I saw that tour in the O2 in London and I don't think I have ever before or since seen an opening that wowed me as much as that moment. It's absolutely fantastic, yeah. Unbelievable. We also had... Can't speak French, which just the fact that the French version exists is enough to push that into the upper echelon for me. I think I only listened to the French version. I don't know any words to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just whoever came up with that. Like anyway, Call the Shots has to go down as one of their one of their high points as well. It's it's the pinnacle. It's no spoilers so... for your top five. No spoilers, but it's 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 just. I think we got Sexy No No No, which was this strange song. And then we came back with Call the Shots, which is the, the polar opposite, kind of like this kind of mid-tempo. 
like electro song and that people really got on board with that. They did a great X Factor performance of that as well while Cheryl was judge and yeah. it's amazing. You just love it. You could say that they never really nailed a big ballad, but they do they have a few wistful ballads like that are in a slightly different category that are way yeah. up there in terms of the, the quality. Absolutely. And yeah, that so is- good. And I have to mention Girl Overboard. Oh my god, that is one of the singles which never was. <laughs> oh, it pains me that it pains me that it never got its moment. Uh, no it's, doubt about it. And then you have things like Blackjack's Control the Knife. What you crying for? I don't love Fling. Actually, you love Fling. I, I can take or leave it. It's a bit can be a bit noisy. Th- th- those songs just make up the tapestry of this album, which is just so impressive and so cohesive and so just beautifully put together. I would say. So Davy on Instagram as well said. That Tangled Up is the best album of all time, and I can see the logic there. But the worst cover art of all time, the fan edition, should have been the official one. I like the cover. It's strange. Apparently, it was some sort of record company focus group thing where it would sell more without having them on the cover. Oh, wow, really? Because obviously they're all so horrifically ugly that no one would buy this album. That's strange, isn't it? It's strange. It is a classic cover because it is like a great like font and stuff. But again, I do prefer the fan cover where they're all like basically tangled up, which works out really better. Um, Well, I wish the graphic designer who worked on this project had stuck around for another album. (laughs) What what can you possibly mean? So if we're going to move on, only a year later came Out of Control with what could possibly be one of the least aesthetically pleasing pieces of artwork of their career as the cover. The image is amazing. I the love image is nice. The image is nice. I yeah. Actually, they look amazing, but the typography, Jesus Christ, I don't know what is going on there. It's grim. It's grim. The, the cropping and the, just everything about it, I just don't understand. I do not understand. I do think The Promise, we've talked about the various high points of their career. The Promise, I think, is like way, way up there. Um, and I think them releasing The Promise... That week when I met the unnamed member, that must have been, and it was such a huge single and Cheryl was so huge. Like that was maybe, do you think that was them actually hitting the peak and it was, you know, downhill from there in a sense? That, that was their basic, basically their final evolution. Mm. Like, and to use the cliche of another album track, they were less untouchable at this point. Yeah. The promise was the peak and we couldn't go any further than that. But there are some... Now, I will say I was very disappointed in this album when it came out because it was coming off Tangled Up, which I really, really loved. And I just think there are like five songs on this that I could quite happily live without. Do you think... I I go back and forth between this and Tangled Up as my favourite. There's a lot of really good stuff on this album. The highs are uh, really high. Yeah, the highs. But for so me, can, the lows I, are pretty low. I can't ignore Fix Me Up because <laughs> I skip it. Fix Me Up is a low point of their career. Right. Uh, but... I love everything else. I would get rid of Love is the Key, Fix Me Up, Love is Pain, and Live in the Country, and maybe Turn to Stone, but I think it's okay. Live in the Country with like the drum and bass. Like, mm, not, my, not, my, not for me. In the background, it's mad. We had The Love and Kind, which was yes. written by, or written with, the Pet Shop Boys. Disinclined, amazing. That's from the Mariah Carey school of long yeah. words shoehorned into songs. I, I really love The Love and Kind. I think it's absolutely gorgeous and will forever be associated with the GMTV performance. 
I, I love it. I even love that. Even that's got such a charm to it. Like how how bad Sarah's bum note is, which she styled it out, and then Cheryl's face as she's just kind of laughing at her. <laughs> it's uh, so good. It's so good, and I just it's it's such an underrated song. Like it's not really remembered that much, and the Pet Shop Boys and Girls Allowed Together is like a dream for me. I do have to mention Rolling Back the Rivers in Time as well. I like that one. I think it's such a beautiful song. It has this timeless melody. Like it's like a melody from the the past, like from the fifties, from the twenties. I don't know, but like it's just it's just lovely. It would fit very nicely into a Girls Aloud mid-tempo, wistful playlist, wouldn't it? I love a banger, but I also love the mid-tempos. Yes, 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 absolutely. And Untouchable then was butchered, according to a lot of people. It's a seven-minute long song, so it's not radio-friendly. And it's strange, it's it's not a song you can really condense, and it just doesn't work right uh, when they, they, they put a lot of like vocoder on it, and it just it, it doesn't work. It, it needs time to breathe that song and having a three and a half minute radio edit is, is half the song basically mm. and again untouchable sounds like nothing else fantastic and it's a very it's a very bittersweet listen uh now considering like sarah's parts are so lovely on it right oh she just is amazing on it did they then just go oh we're taking a break so we did the out of control tour which that's another sellout tour it did really well and then 2009 decided that we're going to take a year's break. That break ended up lasting three years. So they had varying degrees of success with the solo careers. I might get you back for a Girls Aloud solo career special. I think that's it for another time. <laughs> but uh, quickly, what would you say is the best solo Girls Aloud album? Uh, Nicola Roberts. And yeah, that was Lizette. obvious. Sorry, that was obvious. <laughs> Actually, David asks, who has the best solo album and why is it Nicola's? And... Um, yes, who was the best solo album not released on Tesco Records? Nicola. Girls Aloud Wise was the next thing we saw just the reunion? 2012, it was 10 years of Girls Aloud. So we got a press conference and they were announcing that they were releasing uh, new greatest hits with uh, some new tracks and a new tour to go alongside it. And they also had the Children in Need song, which was something new. Which was something new. And they were teasing that whole week, if you remember, like, they were, like, teasing the intro of it. And, like, oh, my God, it was, like, please yeah. just give it up. And then it, it dropped and it was just, like, our lives have never been the same again. Well, that's the thing. It was one of the few occasions where there's such anticipation for something. You hear a teaser, that sounds amazing. Then you hear the thing and it's as good as you hoped. How often does that happen? Very rare. Yeah. Pierce says, he says something new is the ultimate comeback single and also the perfect last single for the band, which <laughs> is wishful thinking. But I agree that it is the ultimate comeback single. Yes. It's, it's, I completely agree. It's the ultimate. It's it's really interesting that for me, I think it's almost like a greatest hits of Girls Aloud in one song as well. It, it embodies everything that made them unique. That's it didn't get to number one, which still annoys me to this day. Fucking Ollie Mars. Was it Ollie Mars? Oh, fuck off. Uh... The, I think this is when we started going into the time of streaming and stuff. So, okay. As we know, the charts are very confusing. They're very confusing. There were three other songs on 10, which aren't really worth mentioning, right? I think there's only two songs on <laughs> the album. So... <laughs> 
So there was the the final single, uh, "Beautiful Cause You Love Me," and I'm here. I could have put this in unpopular opinions, but I'm just going to say it now. I really like it, and I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I'm glad you're glad. <laughs> do you not think? Okay, do you not think that Nicola sounds incredible? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she can sing the phone book to me, and it'd be okay. And I think rhyming basin with face in is inspired. Uh, I don't think that. I doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend it. I I want justice for beautiful cause you love me, but it charted terribly, and in many people's opinion, was a, it was a, a damp squib ending to the whole thing. Yeah, we don't even refer to it. It wasn't a proper. There were two other songs um, called uh, "Every Now and Then" and another one which uh, on the metro. Yeah, on the metro is everything. The tour happened. I saw the tour. I thought it was great. And is it time to talk about the twit longer? Yes. So on the, the last night of the tour, which was in Liverpool, well, it was it was funny. It was kind of revealed in uh, Cheryl's book beforehand that basically we were going to celebrate the end of Girls Aloud with the finale tour, and that will be it. That, that was like the, the end of her book. But so anyway, so we kind of knew it was coming, but we thought, oh, maybe she's been misquoted or something. Okay. Uh, but sadly, the twit longer, which I mean, how do you explain a twit longer? Is it was basically decided that 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 was the end of the road, and that was in thank, thank, thank you for your time. <laughs> and then, so that was that. So we all cried, and then the dean the next day, she, she I, I need to actually read this verbatim. Please do. So she's. Like, you should know by now I had no part in any of this split business. I couldn't stop them. I had the best time and want to keep going. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> I couldn't stop them is iconic. I don't believe for a second, Nadine, that you weren't part of this. Again, Nadine likes to re- rewrite history quite a bit. Again, that's why we love her, <laughs> as we know by her faking data buffs. And that's yeah. obviously the Cheryl. She's full of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's where that came from. I wanted to ask you about their legacy and how you see their legacy and are they as well remembered as you think they should be? Next year is their 20th anniversary of forming and it's such a bittersweet thing because we've obviously not got such an integral member there Uh, and I'd love for it to be celebrated in some way. I feel for the girls and how how they approach this because it's it's just a difficult thing, and what do they do? Like they obviously do, we will need to address it, but at the same time, it's not going to be the same. Uh, I think the legacy, like musically, as I said before, they're like a, they are like a time capsule in itself. So they will be remembered as this amazing band. Songs that don't date compared to I don't know, like I can listen to Little Mix song, like these sound so dated, and they're only from a few years ago. Yeah. Whereas I, because they're pretty generic productions, whereas Girls Loud never had that. I think they should be revered in the same way as the Spice Girls, but mm. I don't think they actually have been. Uh, no. Again, maybe adds to their underdog status. It kind of is sad, but maybe the passing of Sarah might actually allow a lot of people to reevaluate their kind of their place in pop and what they actually did. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think. I think the thing that we love about them, which is that they are not in any way generic and their music was so original, means 
therefore that people generally aren't singing the songs at karaoke or playing it at I think they're a victim of their own interestingness. They're, not, they're just yeah. not generic enough to be carrying on in, for the generations as much as we would like, as much as they would deserve to. Too, they were too strange for like the general public to really get on board with, aside from like your love machine and stuff. But Yeah. All right. So will we do our top fives? Yes, shall we? Okay. So I asked you to prepare your top five singles and top five non-singles, so everything else. So let's do singles first. My number five is Beautiful Cause You Love Me. <laughs> Deserved. Yeah, uh, number five is Biology. It's just such an interesting song. And it, like they had apparently recorded Chris Isaac's Wicked Game, which has never been heard. It's in the vaults. Yeah. And like, that's referenced in the song. It's just, it's mad. My number five is Sound of the Underground. Um, and my friend Emmett actually says to me, I know you hate credible pop, you know, like, oh, the pop, it's okay to like that kind of shit. And um, he says, but as an indie kid, I loved Sound of the Underground, another pivotal track in the journey to liking pop. So that was like a gateway to him. I love that. That's, that's amazing. It's deserved. Number four is The Loving Kind. Nice. I picked something kind of, ooh, just because it's a banger. It's a banger. Uh, number three for me is Something New. Number three for me is The Loving Kind. Uh, number two for me is Untouchable, but obviously just a seven-minute version. Uh, ineligible. No, it's fine. It's fine. I went with sexy. No, no, no. The weirdness that is. What's your number one? Oh well, it's not yours because mine is something new. That's amazing. Mm. I love that. Yeah, mine's is Call the Shots. Oh, I thought it might be. Yeah. I just adore it. The the Nicola medley is the pinnacle of. I keep seeing pinnacle with the peak. The peak of the Greek of uh, <laughs> of uh, Girls Aloud. It's just stunning. Oh, I want to shout out quickly my favourite Sarah moment, which is uh, Follow the Leader. You, just when you oh, think oh. like something new has given everything it's going to give you, Follow the Leader comes in. I absolutely love it. Okay, so non-singles. Give us your... Uh, well, I'll give you my number five so you can end on your number one. I picked yeah. as my number five a song that I never would have expected to pick, but listening back recently, I was like, love this. I picked Rolling Back the Rivers in Time. My number five is Singapore, which is not in streaming, which is so annoying. I actually, I think I know it, but I can't actually bring it to mind. So that needs, I'll, I'll check it out on YouTube later, but I, I don't doubt it. My number four was Androgynous Girls. Oh, I love that. An absolute banger and a weird one, a very weird one, but I love it. It's strange. So my number four is Girl Overboard. Number three is the song that Davey said is the best song of the entire back catalogue on Instagram. And that yeah. is the song that is called Memory of You. Oh, what can you say for that song? Yeah. I mean, and this is this is very Kimberly heavy, isn't it? As you said, she's got a role in the band and this was her role in the band. Was mm. like this song. And it was interesting that like Nicola in her solo uh, period released this as well, like as a B-side. What, a solo so, version? Solo version. Ah. Uh, but do you know what? It doesn't, I, I'm not as fond of it as I am the original. My number three is Swinging London Town. Oh, Again, is it? Okay. My, I really struggled between my number two and my number one. Um, so unfortunately, I have to give my number two to Girl Overboard. I just, yeah, adore it. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. So good. Again, again, mine's is uh, Memory of You. It's number two. Oh, cool. Well, I wonder if we have the same number one. I would imagine that we do. Oh, what is that? <laughs> uh, 100 hours and X's uh, on the Metro. The greatest. That should have been the single. 
It is the single so, instead of something new. No, instead of uh, oh, beautiful because you love me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a great song, and it was the only kind of non. Well, it was a non Xenomania track. Mm. It kind of proved maybe that maybe they didn't need them towards the end because also at this point in time, Xenomania was kind of like kind of disbanding a bit. They're there in name only. Like Miranda Cooper was the lyricist mm. of all that bonkers stuff. Like it was Brian Higgins. It was like the musical producer and he did all the music and the arrangements and production. Mm. But it was Miranda who was the, the lyricist and she was kind of, they were kind of moving away. She was moving away to do her own stuff. So at this point in time, I don't know if Mania anyway is, is like a thing really. So yeah, I, I just love it so, so much. I, and that is one of the reasons why we started our club night, so we could play on the Metro. Because you wouldn't hear it anywhere else, folks. Yeah, yeah. anywhere else. We had, we had to do it. So That's that incredible. was how they inspired us. Does it always get a play on your club nights, or is it like from time to time? Uh, every single one. <laughs> Amazing. It's our, like, it's our like unofficial anthem. Love it. It just, it just never gets old. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I love the choreography that they did on the 10 tour for that as well. I remember I was at like properly at that B stage. Same. For the, and I was like actually just screaming in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go for some questions and unpopular opinions. Pop, 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 unpopular opinions. Dan says, Dan from the Spice Girls episode says, it's a crying shame that of their entire catalogue, I'll Stand By You is a number one. I mean, we'll take a number one, but it's very, it was deserved for, like a lot of other singles deserved it, right? Yeah, it, that's just, that just shows you the public. It was a charity single and it's actually quite sad watching it back now because Sarah does some really good dad labs at the end of it. Yeah. But again, as you said before, it was a necessary evil doing mm. these. They had to be done. She really, she re- Sarah really had a lot of moments in the back catalogue. Like, that's one thing about them, that they all had their moments. And, like, you know, Sarah was the first person to sing sound in Sound of the Underground. And, you know, she has a written The Promise. And it's just a lovely, like, a really great legacy for her personally to leave behind in the back catalogue. Like, she really, her, she was all over it, like. Zen says, can Kevin please say the word flower as often as possible? And David says, does Kevin feel irritated by the fascination with Nadine's accent? I, I don't have I don't have the same accent. Like, I say flower, she says flyer. I suppose they're not a million miles away, but no, I, I, I see myself as having a completely different accent. I think Nadine has a very unique accent that not even anyone in Lark, Hill and Derry has. That's so... true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Um, David asks best B-side I, I, I can't remember which is and which isn't a B-side but what would you say for that uh, memory of you oh yeah yes. um, best utter nonsense lyric what would you say anything in graffiti my soul I, anything graffiti my soul also I love a uh, uh, memory of you wondering if sheep count us when they can't sleep at night like that like that the, the entire back catalogue basically just take any uh, phrase and that's our answer Peter asks why is Cheryl Tweedy from Girls Aloud so much fun and Cheryl Cole Fernandez Versini from X Factor is so not media training right and just being done in by Peter media training do not say anything don't say a word because remember she had that outburst about Nicole Scherzinger yeah which was that crazy thing where she was like she was like singing right in her face and it was all like really like oh no because it was two incidents because it was a bit where they were like they were like ripping them on that interview yeah and then it was also in her book she then wrote about Nicole Scherzinger singing in her face yeah yeah there were two incidents 
<laughs> Andy asks, what do you think of the few non-Xenomania tracks in their back catalogue? He mentions Beautiful Because You Love Me, Horrible, and On the Metro, Transcendental. We kind of cover that. I mean, it's a mixed bag, yeah. isn't it? A mixed bag. I do like the kind of, the, the Betty Boo stuff from the first album is good as well. Is that like Love Bomb and stuff? All my Mars Attacks. Right, okay. Then. RJN, are any of their disliked songs actually good? He mentions Beautiful, See the Day, Jump. I mean, Jump's all right. I like Jump. It does. Yeah. It's the best cover version. Yeah, and Beautiful Cause You Love Me is very good. Okay, uh, Sugar Babes Overloaded asks, are Nicola and Nadine the best singers of the group? I think yes is the answer. Yes, yeah. yes Okay, now, Cliff, are you ready to test your knowledge in a quiz? You know, I, you know, I hate this, but... It's just a bit of fun. Uh, right, let's just go, let's go. Is it a quiz? Yes. Is it a quiz? Yes. Yes, it is. I know. It's a quiz. Let's go. Okay, Cliff, there are three categories, easy, medium, hard. You can answer seven questions and you can pick your questions from any category. So they're worth one point, two points and three points. What would you like to do for your first category? So I'm just going to go in hard. Uh, Let's go for four. Which single other than Sound of the Underground charted in the most countries? Was it Jump? It was Jump. Uh, next question. I'll go for a medium and number three. Which song on 10 has the fewest streams on Spotify? Is it just the the regular version, the standard version? Standard version, standard version. Can't confirm. I would probably say Beautiful Because You Love Me. Beautiful Because You Love Me is second last. And the actual one is Every Now and Then. Very close, though. Okay, next question. Uh, I'm going to go for another hard, uh, hard one. Hard one. How many singles did they release without any other featured artists? We never even mentioned that girls allowed or the sugar bags. Oh, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They're not our sugar babes, so that's no, funny. no, in name only, in name only. So how oh, many God. singles apart from that? Jesus, thirteen. Uh, oh, it was twenty-two. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> right, as as. Exactly what Nadine said when the kangaroo tried to bite her on off the record and then demanded that all animals be kept in cages. Oh, I, I wanted to mention the other great Nadine moment while in Girls Aloud, a wasp. I just wanted to mention that. What? The wasp? Uh-huh. The wasp. During Call the Shots. Um, actually, no, I'm going to take a little segue and say, what would you say is their best ever performance? What's your favourite live performance of theirs? I think it is. it has to be The Promise at the Brits. Oh, with the big feathers. Yeah. Feathers. It obviously wasn't the most like high octane one, but it mm. just it was such a perfect night. They won the Brit. Mm. Finally, they got the amazing Sarah speech. I think that was everything coming together, and that was the culmination of everything of Girls Aloud. Yeah, it's it's such a good it's such a good point. We talked about the promise being like the peak, but like the peak of the promise was probably that night. So that was like the peak yeah. of the peak. Yeah. Cool. So next question, question number four, what would you like? Just go for an easy one. Easy three. Easy three. Who sings the opening line of Love Machine? Uh, Nadine. Correct. Next. Three questions uh, left. A medium five. Who sings Daddy Always Told Me To Remember Leave The Boys Till Later in No Good Advice? Uh, Kimberly. Correct. The vocal powerhouse. Uh, can I have hard three, please, if I wait for three? Untouchable is their longest running track from their albums. What is its running time on Spotify? It's like something like six minutes 42. 
I'm going to give it to you because depending on the platform, it could be, it's within one second margin of error. So it's 641, but I'm going to give you the points. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Last question. Where are you going? Yeah, let's just go for another medium. Uh, number two. How many O's are in ooh of something kind of ooh? Oh my God. Is it four? It is four. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that is a six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pointer. That's very, very strong. Double figures. If you're in double figures, you're laughing. Well done. All right, let's go for some recommendations. The show is coming to an end, but is what we would recommend, my friend. This is the recommendation section. You can recommend anything to our listeners from anything in life. What would you pick? So it's it's a TV show, and I don't know if it's actually on. I think it's on in Ireland now. But we still don't have it here. We ha- had to find it otherwise. But it's on HBO Max, and it's a show called Hacks. It's so good. So it's the iconic Gene Smart coming off of Mayor of East Town mm. as a comedian on the Vegas Strip. Deborah Vance is her name, who's basically like Joan Rivers, and she's kind of like facing increasingly irrelevancy, increasing irrelevancy. Uh, as a comedian, so management bring in like this, like script writer, firebrand to kind of like smarten up her act. So it's kind of odd couple uh, dynamics, and it's also got Megan Stalter of uh, high gay fame. I was going to so- mention Megan Stalter. I've 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 really been into her the last year or so. She's so incredible. Is she good in it? Uh, she's got quite a small role. It's it's not the biggest, but she's she's a kind of a scene stealer. Hopefully she'll be bumped up for uh, season two. Yeah, season two is coming. So Jean Smart is phenomenal in it. Like she deserves every awards going for it. My recommendation is also a TV show, also a very funny TV show, but it is one that is legitimately available in the UK and Ireland on all four. It's called The Other Two. Have you heard of it? Do you know, I have actually downloaded that just like the last week because of Molly Shannon. Oh yeah, she's so good in it. Um... It's really, really good. It's a brother and sister duo and they have a younger brother who has become a teen pop star and it's about them being the other two and being kind of on the sidelines and it's just very, very funny and there's 10 parts and it's an easy watch but it's a very funny show and I don't think it kind of has the attention at least over here that it should do. So yeah, I'd really recommend it. And now it is time for songs gay people like. This is the point of the podcast where we add songs to the playlist. The playlist has been sitting dormant for months on Spotify, and so now it is going to get some new tracks. My guest uh, picks three songs, and I pick one song. So, Cliff, have you got three songs to add? So I think, I know there's a Girls Aloud track already on the playlist, but I thought we needed to add another one in. So I'm just going to put on the Metro, and as we both thought it was our favourite, like, yeah. nonsense. So Excellent on the metro. choice. Okay, yes, on the metro, love it. Uh, so my second choice is Steps uh, and the Slightest Touch. Fabulous. Very happy to see that. It literally is beyond. Sorry, Louise. I know you also did cover, <laughs> but when when you listen back to it, you're like, Christ, this was insipid. We've taken the elements of the the Shep Pettibone mix of the five star version and like kind of worked on it, and I just love it. Like the, the face spoken words section so going good. into the player just wailing, going into like the beat drop. Oh my god, like it's amazing. I need a video, I need the full single treatment. 
Yeah, I, I, we need a video for this song. We, we do. Uh, and my final one, again, I was perusing the uh, the playlist and there's no Carly Rae Jepsen on it. <laughs> okay. As a Carly stan. Yeah. I know it's basic, but I need to put Run Away With Me on it. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. I just love it so much. It's the perfect pop song. Three excellent choices. And your last three were great as well. So you now have six songs on the playlist. It's a very esteemed position to be in. I have 14, but whatever. Uh, here's my 15th one, and it is Girl Overboard. So another girl's now. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, it's a single that never was, so it's yeah. deserved. Yeah, deserved, absolutely. Cliff, thank you very much for coming back and for kicking off season two of this podcast. It has been so fun talking to you. Thank you so much for having me and rambling about my favorite band ever. It's just been so much fun. It's been an absolute pleasure and who knows we may get you back for anything including a Girls Aloud solo special or any anything else. What would you do in theory ever again? Would you do like All Saints or something? Oh, you do Jesse Ware, right? Oh, I love Jesse Ware. I'd also like to talk about the comeback if that was possible. Do you know there's somebody else waiting in the wings so you're going to have to find it out. There is a previous guest who would kill me if I did the comeback with anybody else so we may have to do a group. I'll do a meet and greet between you two and you can all talk about it. (laughs) What are the chances? What are the chances of someone else being like I want to do the comeback? The people you like run with just love niche gay things. (laughs) Well listen um, we will be back in touch anyway for all upcoming Sugar Babes news as well. So whenever anything happens to Sugar Babes or Girls Aloud, I will be in touch to get your thoughts. And thank you again. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be your roving reporter. Thank you. Thanks, Cliff. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And thank you again to Cliff for chatting to me about Girls Aloud. Hope you enjoyed that. You can follow Cliff on Instagram. He's at Cliff four underscores hanger. And his club night is at Obsession Glasgow. Also, he's put together this incredible playlist of um, some of the best of Girls Aloud, a bit of solo stuff. It's called You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, which I love. So if you're kind of curious about some of the stuff you didn't know already, or you just want to kind of revel in the amazingness of Girls Aloud, definitely check that out. I'll put it on the Twitter and the Instagram story as well. So I forgot to actually mention it to him in the episode, but we needed to come up with a poll for Twitter. I have been in touch with Cliff since recording, and we have decided that the poll is going to be between our favourite girls allowed song so it's going to be between on the metro something new call the shots with a special bonus option of beautiful because you love me so check out the twitter and uh have your say so that's about it for now we'll be back in two weeks with another episode we will be going back to the world of tv one of the most iconic tv shows of the 90s not biker grove but that's an idea so yeah we'll see you then in the meantime you can follow us at gay people pod on twitter and instagram um, on Instagram I'll put up the pictures of Cliff having his meet and greets with Nicola and Nadine unfortunately I didn't get a picture with my unnamed member it just didn't really seem like something that would be possible in that moment now it's time to bring on my mom for her first appearance on season two of the podcast so every episode my mom gives her thoughts on the topic of the episode and so I just asked her if she had any thoughts in general on Girls Aloud and because I thought she may not be that familiar with much of the back catalogue off the top of her head to ask her voice-based home assistant who I won't mention so it doesn't set anything off in your house to play a few Girls Aloud songs and let us know what she thinks of them so I'll hand you over to my mom now and I'll talk to you next time. Hi Kevin everybody It's nice to be back doing this. I'm sure you've all missed the podcast like I have. Uh, Kev tells me today it's on Girls Aloud, uh, which 
I don't know a whole pile about, but I have listened to a couple of songs and I would know them at the back of my mind somewhere. Probably my favourite one of theirs would have been The Sound of the Underground. Lyrics are very clear, you can hear everything. And it's also nice and bouncy, but sure so is most of their stuff. Um, If you want to taste my kisses, you have to, well, I have to strain really hard to hear the words. But it's nice too, and you know, and then the other one is the One Hot Summer. Long Hot Summer? It's Long Hot Summer. That's very good too. I do like them. I think at this stage probably I would have to say R.I.P. to the lovely girl that died, um, Sarah Harding. It's awful sad. And she was so young. It's awful sad. And she was a nice girl. I think I liked her. On Nadine Coyle, I think... She was so young when she started and I think her, God bless her, her northern accent is so thick, even I can't understand her most of the time. But I don't think there's any bad things about her. I think she's a nice girl and I think she sings really well. Sherdle, it'd be another matter now altogether. Didn't she just do so frickin' well, lads? I mean, I know she's had it hard and a bit sad, um, in her personal life, but didn't she build her brand so well? She really did. I have great admiration for her in her business acumen, if that's the right word. Girls allowed on the whole, yeah, I would like them. I wouldn't love them, but I'd like them. But I suppose that's kind of normal for um, for me. Yeah, that's normal for me. I, If I could, I'd love to ask you to listen to the uh, new Christy Dignam uh, single from Aslan. Well, this is Christy's own single. And I think, oh God, is it now? I can't remember now what the name of the freaking thing is. It's High by Christy Dignam. It's absolutely fabulous. I think it's great anyway. And it has kind of a hint of the Beatles and that about it, but it's lovely. And I love Christy Dignam. Right, lads. Um, I suppose, and lads and lassies, there's not much else to share now today, but it's just great to be back. And a big hello and a big hug to all of you. Bye, talk to you soon. Things gay people like.